day already. I woke up really excited to be alive today. Um, I guess that's a good thing. We are going to talk about manifesting our greatest lives, but we're also going to be talking about reflecting on ourselves and how that entangles with what's going on today, with all of this chaos that's going on today. So if that's something that you want to sit in and listen on, then hi. What's up, everybody? <laughs> so I was getting into The Law and the Promise by Neville Goddard. And then I've also, I was also getting into the inner work this morning. So I'm going to read a little bit from both because it pertains to a lot of what's going on right now in the world and um, how we can face it. And a lot of it has to do with our own inner traumas and things like that. Um, it's crazy to me how there are so many of us that are still thinking that this is about taking sides. And even to the point where we are calling on the human suffering of the side that is not yours. And um, I think that that is horrifying. I think that human suffering is horrifying, right? And this is, of course, my opinion. But I don't understand how people could want others to suffer when they are literally cheering for the innocent, the, the loss of life of innocent human beings. Uh, it's not even just loss of life, it's absolute horror and terror. Um, so I just want to get into that a little bit. So I think I want to start with the inner work first. And I guess before that, many people have commented on my post yesterday I'm so disappointed in you. Shame on you. Um, how could you side with this or that? And people just don't fucking read and they don't listen. One thing that I absolutely despise is someone that speaks for someone else. Based on your perception of what you think they are saying. I've made it very, very blatantly clear in any caption of any video that I posted that has to do with the Middle East that I don't believe in sides. The elite want you to take a side. I don't believe in taking sides because propaganda is so rampant in our world right now. No one really knows the truth. The only people that know the truth are the ones that are experiencing it or the people that have family members there that are hearing things firsthand. When you run with a story that was put on mainstream media and you take that as truth when you know we've been lied to especially the last three years and you run with that truth all of a sudden you trust mainstream sources now which i don't understand if human suffering is happening on both sides that is enough to be angered about to be sad about to be devastated about but to think that you could cheer on one side or the other and hope for human suffering on one side or the other but at the same time wanting people to be free doesn't make any sense so just to be clear again, I'm for the ending of human suffering. Human suffering has been happening for thousands and thousands of years. Thousands of years. So if you want people to be free, you advocate for the freedom of all, not for your side. What if it was your family there? I wouldn't want 
anyone to die unnecessarily and horribly because people I know are on this side. So I want these people to die on that side. That doesn't even make sense. So I'm being very clear on this and I don't want to be negative, but this makes me very passionate when I'm constantly being bombarded with people in DMs and on comments. How could you do this? How could you say that? Listen to what I'm saying because our thoughts create. Our words cast spells. So if you advocate for the death of innocent people, that's a you problem. That's a you consciousness. That's something within you that needs to be healed. And so both of these books that I'm going to read from. Rodney knows I'm live right now, so I don't know why he's calling me. So I'm going to read from The Inner Work first. I'm just going to read. And before I start reading, if you don't take a side, you're siding with silence or whatever bullshit you come up with. Any side that is performing evil amongst human beings or amongst beings in general is atrocious. So, I'm going to get into this. This is called the inner work. By holding on to past trauma, we deny ourselves healing. By feeling self-conscious, we deny our own self-worth. By finding fault in other people's actions, we deny ourselves compassion. By feeling hopeless, we deny ourselves faith. By collecting excuses, we deny ourselves our own power. By clinging to our losses, we miss out on the miracles happening now. So how much of that applies to every single one of us? By collecting excuses, we deny ourselves our own power. People have excuses as to why all the suffering is happening. People have excuses as to why it's okay to bomb hospitals or kill innocent people or decimate entire cities. And then we deny ourselves our own power by having these excuses. How? Because we're denying doing the work on ourselves to heal ourselves. And once we heal ourselves, that then trickles out to whom? Our families, our relationships, right? Once we start to begin to heal ourselves, we begin to heal, begin to heal the people around us. And then once we begin to heal the people around us, those people then begin to heal for the people around them. And then it spreads out into communities, into cities, and so on and so forth. By feeling skeptical, stressed, worried, paranoid, or anxious, we deny ourselves contentment and trust. By waiting for the weekend to come, we deny ourselves presence and gratitude. By becoming offended or defensive, we deny ourselves peace. What's up, Ham? I'll read that again. By becoming offended or defensive, we deny ourselves peace. Just from my own experiences 
of the, the things that I post here and the comments that I get from people by becoming offended or defensive, we deny ourselves peace. <clears throat> Everyone has their own interpretation of the things and the atrocities that are happening in the world. But unless and until we have experienced something so horrific firsthand, how can we really say anything other than, what can I do when I have no physical relation, unless it's your family there or people that you know there, what can I do to create change? By becoming offended or defensive, we deny ourselves peace. Every person that wants to get become offended or defensive over things that they really are unsure of or they really don't know the facts or the history of situations, any situation. How are you going to create change when you don't really know what's even going on? The way that I can think of to create change is to create change within myself so that I can create change with the people that I interact with. And then because I've shifted, other people will shift too. Handle bar warriors that I'm not even paying attention to it anymore. And some people will say that you're turning a blind eye to it and all these other things. But the reality is, you know, you should speak up about it and you have a platform and you should do this and you should do that. What is the call to action? And I asked a couple people this that were in disagreement with one of the things that I posted a few weeks ago. What is the call to action? What is it that people like us from a distance, what is it that we can do? People are saying, call Congress and do this and do that. They're not for us anyway. They're irrelevant in my reality. So what can I do to create change? I'm going to pause this for a second. I'm just going to read the back of the law, the promise. When man solves the mystery of imagining, he will have discovered the secret of causation. And that is imagining creates reality. Therefore, the man who is aware of what he is imagining knows what he is creating. He realizes more and more that the drama of life is imaginal. It is not physical. So I'm going to read. Where is the first part of this? Okay. This I'll read first. I have a couple things that are highlighted. Human history with its forms of governments its revolutions, its wars, and in fact, the rise and fall of nations could be written in terms of the rise and fall of ideas implanted in the minds of men. This couldn't be more relevant. Let's read this again. Human history with its forms of government, its revolutions, its wars, and in fact, the rise and fall of nations could be written in terms of the rise and fall of ideas that are implemented in the minds of men. When we realize 
Imagining creates reality. That's how our matrix system works. The more propaganda that you watch and you consume, the more the rise and fall of ideas implanted in the minds of men, the more these things can unfold in our reality. We are the cause of things that are happening in this reality because our thoughts create reality. We are pro we have been programmed to have a war consciousness. It's what we expect. We come from a state of victimhood. We have inferiority in our consciousness. And as long as we believe that we're victims, we will always stay victims. Stop watching TV exactly here. The way that this whole matrix works is by programming the human mind to then project what it is that we've been programmed with into our reality. And again, someone wrote on my YouTube last week something along the lines of these are the secrets that they don't want you to know, which I then said, why do you think that movie was called The Secret? But also, if we had a megaphone and we told all of humanity, this is the way our reality works, do you know how many people would actually put in the work to reprogram their mind? Not many. Why? Because people wouldn't believe it. And two, because it's hard work to dedicate yourself to changing the structure of your subconscious mind is hard work. But one more time, I'm going to read this quote. Human history could, I'm going to skip the other part, could be written in terms of the rise and fall of ideas implanted in the minds of men. If we had, Joe, <laughs> if we had mainstream media that only showed us all the amazing things that happened in the world, that showed us how amazing and healthy and vibrant people are, and how sunlight is so amazing for us, and how herbs can cure the human body, and how loving someone could heal you of illness. What do you think would be projected into this realm and reality? That would be reflected. That's it. So when people are constantly repeating talking points of what they heard on mainstream media, it is propaganda. Between that and Big Pharma, they're the biggest entities or the most powerful entities in the world. Why? Because they one controls one controls the fate of the human body, and one controls the fate of the human mind. Think about that. Think about the fact that we are one of the very few countries that allow 
big pharma to have commercials on television? How many people know deadly side effects of the new weight loss medication that so many uneducated people are on? They hear about what's happening, but they're so far gone and brainwashed that them losing weight through poison outweighs the horrific and deadly outcome. Our mind is the most powerful weapon on earth, and I will say it every single fucking week. Continuing on. Unless the individual imagines himself, someone else, or somewhere else, the present conditions and circumstances of his life will continue in being, and his problems recur, for all events renew themselves from his constant images in imagination. By him they were made, by him they continue in being, and by him they can cease to be. This is all about the human imagination. So unless we imagine ourselves where we want to be in life, we will continue to have the same life that is possibly victimhood, low vibration, not what you want and desire. We create our reality through our thinking, through our imaginal acts known as thinking. So if every day we think, oh, I'm in so much pain today, my body hurts. It's never going to get better. I've had this forever. This is never going to happen for me. If we think like that, if we think, oh, this asshole is going to cheat on me, I know it. If we think, I wish I could have, I wish I could have a new car like that. I wish that I could have a new house that's safe. I wish I can live in a better neighborhood, but I just can't afford it. If we think like this, our life can only reflect that. But if we change our imaginal acts and we see ourselves where we want to be, which is called living in the state of the wish fulfilled, even though it seems delusional to you, the fact of the matter is, you literally sit and dwell in your misery every day or the low vibrational thoughts or the undesired reality. You literally dwell in that every day. So why can't you dwell in the opposite direction? And say, oh my God, I'm so grateful that I actually have a home to live in. Just start being grateful for things. And then what happens? The universe gives you more things to be grateful for. Even if you're not where you want to be in life and you're miserable and you have no money. But I'm really grateful for my cat. I'm really grateful for the plants that I have in my home. Exactly, Ben. Don't wish manifest. If you believe it or not, you're right. If you believe it or if you don't believe it, you, you're right. That could never happen. You're crazy. You're right. It's never going to happen for you. Because your negative attitude and your lower vibration is never going to give you that life. But if you start to say, hey, I'm really grateful that I got to go for a walk today. I'm really grateful that I made someone smile today. The universe then gives you more things to be grateful about. That's it. It can be that simple. We don't have to get into so many intricate things and make this so difficult. If we just find things that we're happy about. I'm so happy I met this person today. 
he or she really, really changed my, my trajectory. Like Rodney, for example. No matter where he goes, he brightens somebody's day. He'll start talking to them and just enlighten them with so much wisdom. That could be any one of us that we could say, go out and you just happen to strike up a conversation with somebody. And you say, hey, you know, you have so many things to be grateful for. Did anybody tell you how nice you look today? Many people are vitamin G deficient. Is that God? Is that, is that what you mean? I like that. The secret of causation is in the assembled imagery in our minds. But a word of warning, the assemblage must have meaning. It must imply something or it will not form the creative activity. We have so many thoughts all day. They come and go, they pass. Time's been doing some weird shit. Oh, grateful. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. This is a good one too. The secret of imagining is the greatest of all problems to the solution of which the mystic aspires. Supreme power, supreme wisdom, supreme delight lie in the far off solution of this mystery. The secret of imagining is the greatest of all problems to the solution of which the mystic aspires. It's all in our imagination. All of this happens, but it's easy for most people today to just be victims. I didn't say it. Cat lover said it. When you're so used to being a victim or victimized, it's so much easier for you to stay a victim. It's more comfortable. Like that becomes your identity. You identify with victimhood. Therefore, you're always going to create something that makes you a victim. This is law, the law and the promise by Neville Goddard. And I was reading about, so Neville studied under, and my sister told me about this, and then I found this book called the Abdullah series. Neville studied um, with or under this um, man named Abdullah, who was from Ethiopia. This is in 1929, I think, or 1931. He studied under him, and Abdullah was a mystic. He was a psychic. And he also taught the power of the human imagination. And Neville, um, the, the famous, one of the famous quotes from Neville, or it was actually from Abdullah, was, you are in Barbados. So Neville was from Barbados. He was living in, I think, New York City at the time. And he had no money. But he wanted to travel and he wanted to see his family. And he was telling Abdullah about this. And he said, you know, I can't afford to go to Barbados like I want to go. And I only want to travel first on a first class ticket. But I don't have the money. And Abdullah stopped him and he just said, you are in Barbados. Abdullah. Abdullah. I don't know if I'm saying it right. He said, you're in Barbados. And he's like, I'm not in Barbados. I'm right here. He's like. You are in Barbados. And I think it took a minute for him to understand, like, what the hell does that mean? You are in Barbados. You are already in Barbados. So he figured out mentally in my human imagination, in my imaginal acts, I'm already in Barbados. Said, so go to sleep at night in your bed in Barbados. 
Feel yourself walking on the sand in Barbados. Use your human imagination to already see yourself in Barbados. So that became one of his famous lines, you are in Barbados. So whenever I talk to people or I'm teaching people about the manifestation stuff, you are in Barbados is like the easiest quote. And as soon as I say it, people are like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking, I know what you mean. Or that's what I have to do. I'm already in Barbados. So someone is, is having some kind of issue or can't figure something out or how am I going to do this? Or I don't have the money. Uh, you are already in Barbados. You are in Barbados, which means I already have the money. I already have the relationship. I already have the kids. I already have the farm that I want. I already have a beautiful home. I already found the perfect location for my new business. You are in Barbados. So you can literally simplify manifestation down to the one line. You are in Barbados. No, but I can't do it. You are in Barbados. Go to the fucking end. Go to the end. Go to the end. Go to the end. If enough of us in our imaginal act, in our mind, in our human imagination, saw the world in peace, saw the world in harmony, why do you think mass meditation is so powerful? There was, I think it was monks that went to Chicago. I don't know if it was in the 90s or the 80s or when the hell this was. But there was like a bunch of monks that went into Chicago and they did a mass meditation in Chicago to stop violence. And the number of violence or the crime rate dropped. That's how powerful that we are. That is the secret. The secret is in our own human imagination. We walk around with the secret, with the problems, the solving to the problems that we have. We walk around with it every day. It's right up here. The retreat, I'm going to, I'm actually, I have a call with this place in Florida. There's going to be a January retreat and then probably late March or April. I haven't done the date yet, but that's on my list of things to do today or tomorrow. We have the key to our freedom. We have the key to our reality and how it unfolds. We have the key to our wealth. We have the key to our sadness. We have the key to our happiness. We have the key to our relationships. <clears throat> we all we hold the key. I don't know if it's going to be in April. I don't know the dates that I have to look at the calendar. Um, and that is... The hardest thing for, I think, people to understand and recognize how many people walk around disempowered and feel powerless. What can I do? What can I change? What can I do? What can I change? This is horrible. This is awful. I'm enraged. I'm mad. I'm angry. I want to hurt people. But we're actually walking around with the solution and it's in our human consciousness. If you've studied this enough, you've read the books, you've practiced it yourself, you live it yourself, you understand that we are the creators of our reality. Cat, we create our reality. 
we're in Barbados, whether Barbados looks like heaven or Barbados looks like hell. If I sit there and dwell, let's just say it's a relationship. I know he's going to leave me. I know he's going to cheat on me. He's probably texting other people and you're looking for things and you're looking for clues. The universe is going to show you that you were right because we create our reality. That's me living in Barbados as in hell. I'm constantly living every day like, I wonder what he's doing. Where is he? What? You live when you think feelingly. And people know exactly what I'm talking about. When you constantly think of, I'm going to fight with this person, or this is what this person said to me, and you relive this over and over again, your reality can only be created by more of that. I try to follow wisdom of Hindu Buddhist philosophy. Can you... um, I need to work on my vision so I can drop the glasses. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Let's get into another quote. There is no form in nature which is not produced by and sustained by some imaginal activity. I'm going to read that again. There is no form in nature which is not produced by and sustained by some imaginal activity. As long as we have war in our consciousness, as long as we have war within us, war will continue to create on the outside. No, I get it for your vision. Therefore, any change in the imaginal activity must result in a corresponding change in form, in reality. To imagine a substitute image for unwanted or defective content is to create it. If only we persist in our ideal imaginal activity and do not let lesser satisfaction suffice, ours shall be the victory. So they're saying, or he's saying, if you persist in your imaginal activity where you're living in the state of the wish fulfilled, where you're living in the happy home or the dream car or the relationship or happiness and harmony, if you think that and then Ten minutes later, you're like, I hate this world. It sucks. This is ridiculous. I hate my relationship. I'm so miserable. Guess what is going to win in your reality? The idea that you really, really think feelingly and strongly about your programming. John, your programming. And it is a hard habit to break. But it's not impossible. And again, we can just go back to gratitude. We can go back to gratitude. What are things that I'm grateful for? Even though I don't have anything. Maybe I have nothing. How about when you talk to a homeless person and that person could be happier than a pig in shit? Because they have things that they're grateful for. Maybe they love living on the street. Maybe they, to you, you see something of the less than desirable. Why? Because you don't live in a state of gratitude. If we don't find things every day, be like, the smallest things to be grateful for. How can the universe then provide you with more? Or how can God provide you with things, more things to be grateful for? Everything starts and ends in the human imagination. Okay. So we'll stop there on the law of the promise today, but that's their Barbados. Exactly. 
That is their Barbados. You are in Barbados. And our Barbados looks different to every single one of us, whatever that means. God, I needed your message today so bad. Thank you so much. I'm glad. Because with all the craziness that's going on in the world today, and the side, you have to take a side, and sides, and division, and division, some people can't see their own bullshit. And people say, well, what if it was your family, and, and your family isn't being affected by this? While that's true, even if this were happening here, I wouldn't want to retaliate and hope that you took out the terrorists, but you also took out thousands of innocent people. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense to me. Maybe it makes sense for other people. If it does, please explain and elaborate. But what kind of human beings have we become that we don't care how you destroy this terrorist group if it means thousands of people die and they're calling them on mainstream news, they're, well, every war has collateral damage. These human beings, this, this human life, animals, whichever, is now just classified as collateral damage. And you're actually getting people to agree with this. That's where you see where the state of consciousness or the state of consciousness that humanity is in. Or at least a lot of them. So how can we do our part? How could we do better? How can we rise above that? And that's by literally healing ourselves. I'm trying to pull this invisible thorn out of my bald ass scalp. Can you elaborate on what you mean by that? We see things because we are one consciousness, right? So when we see things and we see other people justifying horror, we then feel it's okay for us to do the same. But what if we healed ourselves and then we preached about healing ourselves? Would that encourage other people to do the same so that we can do better, so that we can see things more clearly? than seeing things from acts of anger or acts of terror or acts of retaliation. If we heal ourselves, can we help others or encourage others to do the same? That's not turning a blind eye. That's not spiritual bypassing. All these phrases, people have all these phrases for other people not feeling the fucking same way that they do, and it's ridiculous. Everybody has a right to feel the way that they do. But when we're advocating for human suffering, I got a problem with that. So how can I do my part? Not by telling you that you're an asshole, not by saying bad things about people, but by saying like, I need to do something within myself. So that if I can find peace and healing, I can offer that to other people. Other people then can offer that to other people. Like something happened so insignificant in um, yoga class. Something that I would get really triggered by. I wasn't triggered by it. And I was like, this is really, this really sucks. But like, I'm not, I'm not even triggered by it. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm doing some, I'm getting some growth here, which is good. Right. But it starts with us. I could have gotten into such a negative mood about it. 
and then energy is felt. So the person next to me would probably feel my negative energy and then I could have ruined that experience for that person. Right? You can feel the energy of a room when you walk into it. You can feel immediately like, oh, I don't like this place. Or you're like, oh my God, this, this place has such great energy. Why? Sometimes it's the actual space that holds the energy, but other times it's the people that are in it. So if I go into a yoga class, which is supposed to be peaceful, those little things count a lot. So if I go into yoga class and I bring in my shitty energy, the rest of the room can sense that. Maybe they don't know where it's coming from. Or at least I'm sensitive to energy so I can feel that. So if I know that I can feel it, I'm like, well, shit, other people could probably feel it too. But when we learn to shift and we, when we heal the things deep within us that we don't want to look at and we don't want to see and we don't want to feel, we then feel differently about things that are going on in the world, not because we're spiritually bypassing, but because I could observe and I'm not going to judge. I'm going to see it for what it is. And then what? I'm going to help share my perspective without judging others, right? If you would see the comment section of my last two posts, it's horrifying. And I'm like, well, this is exactly why we are where we are. It's unbelievable. And it's not a judgment. That's an observation. Like, wow, we got a ways to go. People want peace in the world, but look at the way you talk to people that you don't even know because they don't think the way that you think or your side is doing this and their side is doing that. How is it just not, we need to end human suffering? How, how is it not, I'm on this side, but what my side is doing to this side is not fucking okay. And if you're on this side and you see what your side is doing to that side, you say, I'm not okay with this. So I stand for everybody. I don't know how that is not just a given. But again, when we continue to just be on our healing path and we just want the best for everyone, I think that's when we get on the right track with humanity to be like, we're all, we're all, we're ready. We're ready to come together as humanity and not this country versus that country, this color versus that color, this religion versus that religion, this political stance versus that political stance. When you take away the sides, what do you have? When you take away this side versus this side, what do you have? You just have people. You have people. When you take away the labels, when you take away the boxes that people try to put you in. Oh, you're spiritual, so you shouldn't be like this. Listen, I'm not anything. Don't label me with shit. Don't try to fit me in somewhere. I don't fit in anywhere. I fit in everywhere. It's very simple. But we make it complex. Our programming, our subconscious programming makes it complex. But when you strip away... All of those things, 
that make us fit in one place or the other. You're just left with human beings. And when you're just left with human beings, our foundational truth is love. So when you don't have your black, your white, your brown, your Asian, your Buddhist, your Jewish, your Catholic, your Christian, your Orthodox, your Democrat, your Republican, your, your Libertarian, when you take away all of those things, you just have people standing around looking at each other. What the fuck do I do now? When we have no labels, what do we do now? Where do we start? Where do we pick up the pieces? Well, you start by healing yourself. Then once you are healed yourself, you will then stop judging other people. When we have the healing within ourselves, we can then begin to love ourselves. When we begin to, be, when we begin to love ourselves, we can then truly love others. But again, take away all the labels. Take away all of suffering. And you just have people living amongst each other. And again, we are born in love. We are taught hate. And we have the power to manifest a world like that. But there just aren't enough of us yet that are ready to do that. Because if you look at people or quote unquote influencers that are still peddling government, that are still saying, if you just vote this way, if you just do that, look at what these people are doing. All they're doing is spreading more division and hatred. And that's another story. But if we all began to heal ourselves and reprogram the mind from having a war mind or a victim consciousness to an abundance con consciousness, to a consciousness that is full of love and it takes a lot of work to do it, the world could shift literally overnight. But most people don't want that. People are too stuck living in their fucked up ego that's like, I have to win. I have to be on top. My side is better than your side. Bomb all those people if that means you're going to get rid of this terrorist group. People operate from their ego. And that is why another reason we are in the position that we're in. People always want to be right. There always has to be a winner. There always has to be a loser. So what can we do to better the world? To me... Clean out your own fucking house. I think we'll stop there for today. I'm going to read the quote one more time. When man solves the mystery of imagining, he will have discovered the secret of causation, and that is imagining creates reality. Imagining creates reality. That's it. I hope you guys have a great Monday and that this was helpful in some way. Some of it was a little more angry than normal. Um, 
great way to start the day. I will repost this. If you want to listen to it or if you want to share it, go ahead. I'll have information about um, retreat stuff very soon. And also Wednesday night, I'm interviewing David Schmidt, the creator of LifeWave, the X39 patches. So I'm super excited about that. Tune in at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. This Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Have an amazing day.